The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. From a macro standpoint, I think our sport industry is really forced to look at the business a little bit differently. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Welcome to Bloomberg Business of Sports. And we have a treat. We're going to talk about fantasy sports, fantasy football. And we have an all-star lineup. We got Mike Lynch, of course. We also have Damian Sassauer and Rich Truman. You've heard that name around this extraordinary producer gentlemen welcome to the bloomberg business of sports hello michael hey michael thanks for having me hey let's talk about thank you guys i, I just want to talk about fantasy sports in a COVID world and uh, it's hard i i'm playing fantasy baseball in a COVID world and boy it is hard i just wonder now what's going to happen to the nfl mike lynch when we start off with fantasy sports in football and how that's going to impact all the leagues around the nation. I think it's going to explode. It'll be bigger. It'll dwarf all the other sports combined. Uh, people have been waiting for this uh, since March. And foot, uh, the NFL has really been the only of the major sports that has been unaffected by this so far. None of their, Other than preseason games, uh, they haven't been impacted the way that some of the other sports are. And I know people are just salivating to get going. There's already been a number of drafts. And... Who better than Damian Rich right here to just hold our hands, Mike, and just take us through? One interesting thing uh, that's going to happen is, as Mike said right now, the football season obviously hasn't started, so it has not been affected. But what happens if the season is cut short, is uh, postponed? I know the league that I'm in has certain uh, rules set up right now that they're going to prorate the payouts depending on how far you go into the season. So that's one of the things that people who play fantasy football in their own individual leagues have to take into consideration. Yeah, and just to add to that, Rich, I mean, you're absolutely right. A pro-rated, a pro-rated payout is definitely something that, you know, we're doing in all our leagues. But, you know, what if the season does end in, let's say, Game 7, right, and it's cut short like that? You know, in a divisional-based format, you know, a standard 12 12- you know, 12 team a league, you know, most of them are head to head. It's division rivalries. It's a week in and week out basis, but you have to shift to a point based system in order to have a clear defined winner. And so, you know, that's something that we've done. We basically are going into the leagues, you know, as if it's, you know, uh, as per usual, but if it's cut short, we shift to a points based structure, which can dictate who first, second and third place are. And so you can make those paths. Well, this brings up another point, and this is having a lot in baseball. What happens if a team member or members of a team, several members, uh, come down with COVID? And then all of a sudden, 
that game is canceled with between that team and the other team, and now you're scrambling around trying to find a player to fill that spot. And I think one thing that has to happen, uh, and this is to all the commissioners out there, uh, you have to loosen up the rule of when you can pick up a player. Because I know a lot of leagues, they lock when you can pick up a player. I don't think that can happen this year, guys. You know, I, I believe Damien would attest to this. A lot of the championships are not won with your first-round selection or your second-round selection. A lot are won by waiver picks. A lot are won by uh, late-round picks. So it's going to be more important than ever to make sure you do look at that Bloomberg or whatever your source of information is to see who maybe will be scratched at the last minute. You can't just put in your team and then a couple of days later, just, oh, let me check on my team again. It's going to be an active participation on checking the news wires for the health status of all the players in the league. Rich, you make a great point. I mean, look, if you look at the top 10 quarterbacks last season on a point-per-game basis, I'm talking weeks 9 to 16, half of them weren't even drafted, and most were on the waiver wire until you know midway through the season. You know, people like uh, Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jimmy Garoppolo, et cetera. So, so you make a great point. But, you know, my concern when you add bench or in injured reserve spots because of COVID, look, I'm an owner. You know, you give me an extra bench spot, I'm not going to pick a backup quarterback, you know, in the event that my starter comes down with COVID. I'm going to use that to to improve my bench, you know, and I might draft a running back or receiver, somebody who I deem to be more viable. And so that depletes the waiver wire. It reduces trading between owners. And so, you know, I'm not a very big fan of that, but certainly – you know, adding an IR spot or two might might not be a bad thing this year. Let me ask you two guys, uh, the lack of preseason games this year, uh, any effect, no effect, or uh, a great impact on the who people are drafting? You know, nowadays, all, in all honesty, most of the star players do not play at all in the preseason. If they do, they play in game three for maybe a half. It's the upstarts, the guys who might make the team that affects the most. And you do get occasionally a sleeper wide receiver running back who emerges in the preseason like Victor Cruz did with the Giants several years ago. The sport has kind of changed where everybody's trying to avoid injuries. So most of the star players don't even play in the preseason to begin with. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, I actually find preseason to be more useful just in knowing what type of an offense, you know, a team's going to run. You know, we've had a lot of coaching changes coming into this year. You've got Mike McCarthy in Dallas. You've got Matt Rule in Carolina, Stefanski in, in, in Cleveland, et cetera. So, you know, seeing what type of an offensive scheme they're going to be running is absolutely critical. And, and I miss the preseason because it really gives me a sense of, you know, what type of an offense. I mean, are they going to get the ball out of Philip Rivers' hand in Indianapolis quick enough? Same goes in Tampa with Tom Brady. So, you know, those are the things that I like preseason. And, and the things I'd be looking for and not having that is certainly uh, leaving me at a little bit of a disadvantage this year. I was just going to say that, that watching the, the preseason games, I wanted to see where the schemes were going. I wanted to see, like you said, how everything was going to be run. And and like you were saying, Rich, I wanted to see those guys that were hungry trying to make a, a spot or two, trying to get on the team. If that's somebody I want to pick up deep 
into the league as I'm, I'm in round 15 or whatever. You know, another interesting aspect with the lack of preseason, the one where it will have an impact, in my opinion, the Giants have Joe Judge as their new head coach. They made several changes on the offensive line, as did the Jets. You kind of need those preseason games for the offensive line to try to meld together. So some of those teams might have a more difficulty getting off to a good offensive start because a couple of new guys on the offensive line might not have time to gel as they, if they did if they had a preseason. It goes all the way up top to the teams who are expected to have the top-ranked offensive lines. You know, I'm talking, you know, Indianapolis, Dallas, New Orleans, um, Baltimore, and San Francisco. I mean, Baltimore needs to replace Marshall Leanda. You know, I mean, San Fran needs to replace Joe Staley. So, you know, I mean, these are teams that are expected to generate a significant amount of fantasy points for their owners. And, you know, there's some gaps there that need to be filled. And so, yeah, you know, I mean, not having a preseason, not being uh, able to allow these offensive lines to gel, well, you know, it's not necessarily a good thing. The one thing that's also interesting is it puts a heavy reliance on, you know, social media and the fact that we have to kind of, uh, you know, believe that what we're hearing about, you know, Rob Gronkowski having a great preseason or uh, Adam Thielen being all the way back, that, that, that that's reality <laughs> without, without our eyes telling us the truth, gentlemen. So in the past, a guy like Julian Edelman was uh, a pretty valuable draft pick. Now that he's lost Tom Brady, is he sort of, uh, you just avoid him like he's radioactive and look at a guy maybe like Mike Evans uh, down in Tampa Bay? Well, Cam Newton has to throw the ball to someone, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, no, I'm a fan of Julian Edelman. I mean, he he knows how to get open in an offensive scheme. Um, And I think they're going to, you know, they still have a solid defense. They're still going to, you know, be a ball control offense. They're going to run an all, I believe, a whole hell of a lot. But, you know, yeah, I like Julian Edelman this year. And where you get him, I mean, I think think he's available in the fourth, I'm sorry, the fifth or sixth round even in in a standard 12-team draft. I mean, that that seems to be a a value-based play in my opinion. I know we got to wrap this up, and uh, I guess we got to just for a brief moment get into this topic because we got a lot of drafts coming up. Rich and everybody, we were talking about this, the top twelve, and and, and I want to clarify this, and and you said this, Rich, too, and you're exactly right. You don't win the league in round one, but you sure can mess up your team if you don't pick right in round one. And having said that. Where do you think, Just let's just say the top six. I don't want to get too long into it. Uh, and, and, Rich, I'll start with you. Uh, before I answer that, I will tell you a story from a couple of years ago. I love Le'Veon Bell when he was on the Steelers. Mm-hmm. He held out. Everybody thought he was coming back. I had, I think, the fifth pick in the draft, and he dropped to me, and I took him. He didn't play one down for the team that season. So you have to be careful because there are guys who are projected to go pretty high in the first round, like Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara, who want new contracts. So you are rolling the dice in some aspects if you take those guys because there is a chance they could hold out. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but you also have to be careful because I did get burnt a couple of years ago with Le'Veon Bell. But with that said, I believe Damian will attest that consensus number one is Christian McCaffrey of the Panthers, and then number two and three, people are talking about Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's hard to avoid. I mean, I think I think the top five is, is set in stone. I mean, it's Christian McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, um, you know, Kamara, and and Michael Thomas. Quite frankly, I mean, and that should be the only receiver you should probably consider taking in the first twelve picks. I mean, I I, I just have to stress this. You know, the differential between RB five and RB fifteen. If you look back over the past five seasons, 
is 90 points through a 16-game season. Wide receiver, it's only 50 points. That's a huge differential, right? So, you know, I mean, and, and wide receiver, in my opinion, probably the deepest position this year. And tight end's pretty deep. And quarterback's pretty deep. So, you know, I think there's going to be a run on running backs early. Makes sense to me. I mean, historically, that's the way you want to go. And, you know, you're right. There are a lot of question marks around players like, you know, Delvin Cook and, and Joe Mixon, who's got a new contract, and some others, Chuck, for example. But, you know, you got to get your running backs. And those guys have tremendous upside. They have, you know, very high ceilings. And that's what wins your fantasy championships. Damien, how high would you take either Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? Oh, I love both of them. They're in a class of their own. And it really depends on your scoring, right? Because I love quarterbacks who can rush, who can run for touchdowns, who can make things happen. And, you know, I can see those guys. I think they're going at the end of the second, early third in most mock drafts, but I can see them going earlier. I mean, especially to your point, you know, a lot of those running backs have question marks and a lot of owners you know, they, they tend to throw in the towel. They say, I can't decide between Chubb or Mixon, so I'm just going to take Lamar Jackson. <laughs> so I can definitely see that happening, but that pushes a lot of talented players further down the board, and so, you know, that's what you got to you got to let the draft come to you, in my opinion. Mike, you going to get into a league this year? No, I'm um, boycotting this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, now you can't leave it out there. Why? Why are you boycotting? <laughs> Lack of experience. How's that? Uh, I got a league that you can get in. That's good. Uh, I'm sure you do. Just take my money, too. Oh, man. Mike Lynch, Damian Sassauer, Rich Truman. Uh, thank you guys so much. And by the way, uh, Rich Truman, he is uh, starting it up again. He is starting his column again this year, folks. And, uh, in fact, I, I found a lot of good information out of that when I used it last year. Let me just give a quick plug. It's going to come out on the Bloomberg Thursdays, the, the first game each week starts on a Thursday. And what we do is, very quickly, we don't look for the obvious ones like Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. We look for our value picks. So I always say we don't look for the Amazons or right now the Teslas of the world. We look for the value stocks, value picks going forward. So we try to get a bunch of sleepers. You look for the VWs, man. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you all so much. I'm Michael Barr. You've been listening to a very special podcast for Talking Fantasy Sports right here on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Uh, You can catch that on Bloomberg Radio around the world. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at cuttereconomicforum.com.